following presentation by Taylor Fragon Capital Management LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of Taylor Fragon's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at www.taylorfragon.com. Welcome to this week's installment of the Long Podcast. Welcome. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. All right. And if you just listened to the late and hazily produced episode, not hastily, but hazily, my audio was off. You didn't, I didn't tell you this, Jerry. Oh, you messed up again? Yeah. It wasn't that bad. It, by the time I mixed it and everything like that, it sounded, it was okay. But I st- it wasn't up I to like mind. blaming Doug because I do absolutely nothing to help him. You know how high my standards are, and this does not meet my standards. But you we know, are about to enter the Doug Connolly experience. The Doug Connolly experience. Yes. The things are going okay right now. It's now things can change any moment, but. Every time things start to go kind of okay, I start feeling like uh, Matthew at the end of season three of Downton Abbey when he just has his baby boy and he's driving along in his car. And then he gets killed. And he gets killed. <laughs> so that's seriously when everything's going. I told you I was going to call you Eeyore from now on. I'm just saying that. <laughs> that's kind of how I, how I feel. But... <laughs> Just a watershed moment, just in, in TV. Because in retrospect, what else could they have done? Everything was going too well, and so you have to ruin it by killing the. You know, you know the, the best very guy. sad thing is, I liked Downton Abbey. I did too. Yeah, I liked it too. There was absolutely no reason. I think I, I went like three years of denying it by virtue of like my wife and daughter. I think were watching it. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch that. I'm not gonna watch that. Finally succumbed, and I liked it. And then you started saying. Oh, Karen, it's time for that stupid show. <laughs> that stupid show I hate. Well, no, I would have hated to have had to actually go through, you know, the multiple months and years of watching it. I think it, it, it didn't come out all at once, did it? Or, I mean, obviously, by, the season didn't come out all at once and binge it, did it? No, it wasn't like that. Yeah, so I, that, I got to do that. that. I probably wouldn't have stayed on it if I had to wait every you know, week for a show. I could just see you... Being like uh, I don't Richard, have that patience. And, Richard and Tommy and Tommy Boy, when the superstar by the Carpenters comes on the radio, it's a dumb song. You can change it if you want to. I thought you were going to go down a rock and roll pigeonhole with Tommy. No, the Tommy Boy. Okay. So, but it's a good day. The markets are somewhat recovering, somewhat. Somewhat. Again, evergreen content. This yes. is not because who knows what it'll be like by the time this episode actually drops. But it's been a relatively good couple of weeks for the market yeah. in general. Yeah, it has in our portfolio even more so. Yes, even more so. On the growth side. On the growth side. A little more. Income's hanging in there, but the pedestrian. growth has really done well. Yes. Last few weeks. After the eighth, we've talked about already, so I won't belabor it. The eighth time it hit relatively the same bottom. In a year and a half. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and we're not out of the woods. I mean, we're not even at the year high yet for, no. for us. In, in Which general. was like early January. Yeah, so. And then the, the, the fear, 
rate hikes kicked in again. Now we might be finally getting to, yeah, I think I didn't see an actual comment, but I saw somebody else comment on the Fed coming out and saying they virtually are not going to raise rates in June, but they leave July still on the table. Whatever. These guys are, we don't, we don't need to be rid of them anymore. Well, it's all part of government. Although it's not government. We've talked about yeah, it's that. It's not government. I was going to make a joke about the month of June. I'm not going to. But anyway. Let's not. We are going to. I do have something I want to talk about. What? Well, we have a stock. Let's just say what it is. Carvana? Yes. Crazy. It is crazy. And it's doing really well right now. Now, this is after getting shattered. Crushed. Yes. But it is up. Well, I mean, it was trading as recently as January 3rd. And I emphasize January, January 3rd because yes, I had Doug yelling from his office today asking me, what was Carvana at on January 3rd? And I said, well, I can tell you, you can't go look it up. Yeah. I, I was just charts right in front of me all day. It was $4.60. And I was just trying to get to the fact, is, were you aware that Carvana today was up 390%? Nah, I don't know because you, I don't look at not, those things. Well, yes, I know. But you were not aware that it was I mean, was obviously, up. I knew it was up a lot. It was up a lot. Because it was in the low single digits in the early part of the year. And now it's what twenty five bucks a share. But you were trying to pretend you knew, which is not even the fifty two week high. Fifty eight is the fifty two week high. Fifty eight and change. So anyway, the point is, it's going up, and and it's it's up a lot after being down a lot. Well, and it was trading as if it was going to go out of business, which a lot of companies have done lately. That is, trade like they're going to go out of business, but not necessarily go out of business. Some have banks. But uh, it's really remarkable how, and I mean, all kidding aside, there are a lot of companies were over the course of the last year and a half were trading like they were going to go out of business. And frankly, they were, you know, not even close. And Carvana, I think, is one of those examples, heavily shorted. I don't know what it is. I can look it up. I don't know what it is, but it was like 58% short interest, which is unbelievable. I mean, I almost, it truly is. Um, I'm not even sure I believe it, but it, it is a stat that comes out of, or was, it's a stat that comes out of FactSet, which is a very reliable source. Um, that much short interest, I have said, this could be the mother of all short covering rallies, and it looks like maybe we might start getting to it. Why? Because the company proves to the street with the guidance this year, uh, this last, this morning, um, that they'll have something like a 50 million, better than 50 million dollar EBITDA quarter, which the analyst estimates were ranged from a loss of 176 million to a gain of 38 million. So the one guy that's out there saying they're going to earn 38, I thought he was just being a wild, crazy guy and he was even off on the, on the downside. So proving that they could retool their business to, to force profitability or to, to be profitable, which is something actually, it's a good point because we've said that about companies a lot, especially software companies or these kinds of companies that are trying to drive market share gain. You know, it's the Amazon approach. For years and years and years and years, everybody said Amazon is terrible. They can't make money. They'll never make money. While they were dominating the world for just about everything, um, that Amazon grab market share approach. Now, don't get me wrong. There are companies out there that have tried to do that that shouldn't have. Uh, but there's a whole lot more companies that should do that. And one of the things I think we've talked about on this podcast is being fearful of those companies that are listening to the street so much who wants to push profit right now, right? Growth companies are bad. 
You got to be profitable. Well, we want them to be profitable too, but not at the expense of, of future growth because then they'll give up future profitability. So it was a concern that we had, we've had with all, all of our companies that have gone through this. So what Carvana did is prove to the street, you want us to be profitable? Okay, we'll be profitable. And sure enough, here we are a few quarters later, they've retooled the business. Um, and what, one of the things that was good today, and the, they, they were speaking at the William Blair Conference, and that's where a lot of this came out. Uh, one of the things that they said is there is going to be a refocus on growth, which we like that. We like that, you know, that, that they're going to, you know, it's almost like, okay, you guys want us to prove that we can be profitable here. We'll, we'll, we'll prove profitability or we'll prove that we can head towards profitability. Um, this is really just when like Ty Cobb got jealous of Babe Ruth hitting all the home runs and getting attention and just proved we could do it. Amen. Oh, Absolutely. Well, and I'd love to bring more Ty Cobb analogy because Ty Cobb was a very maligned guy. And un, unjustifiably, un, I, I would add. The only baseball biography I've ever read. Charles Larson. Great, great one. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So today, what is up? Something. And we're telling what day we're talking, which I know you don't like. Yeah, to do. 60%. So like 56, yeah. 60. See, I think it closed 56 or something. So the run's over for Carvana. People missed the boat, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't I'll Tomorrow, I will check and see. It'll be interesting to see what the short interest is at tomorrow. Um, but short covering rallies can be a challenge for the short people, not as in stature short, as in short chairs. Yep. People. And I, I don't I'm want sure to get be, any emails. Well, no matter, I'll get them. Anyway. It's going to be a wild ride either way, because Carvana, everything is a wild wild ride today. Because that's just what that's happens with the market that's not liquid because of the amount of non-human trading that's going on. That's just the way it is. I don't trade, but for the past few months. My running joke has been buy Carvana on the dip because it just goes down and goes up. And I don't, I don't because what would happen is I win and then I think I was good and then I lose all my money ten times over. Yeah, but this this is this is interesting. Not to beat a you know dead horse of Carvana. It's, it's not obviously it's alive today. I mean, it's the highest it's been since it's. No, oh, no, we have to go back to late no late summer of 2022 to get to get this price. So it's it's. And by the way, that that high of fifty eight was reached about this time. Yeah, no, I take that back. It was August ish, uh, and, and I'm sorry, it wasn't late summer where it was at these prices. It was like yeah, early fall, late late September, since it's been at these prices. And it was in August of 2022 that it peaked at fifty eight. So we're about to come up to the fifty two week. Be interesting to see if within 52 weeks it's back to 58 bucks a share. Mind you, this thing came from 300 something. So, and that was ridiculous. And we, full disclosure, by the way, I don't know if we, we own the dang thing and have for a long time. We've owned it since 2017 and bought it in the teens, ran up. And by the way, not to ever be accused or you can accuse us if you want, but you know, to, to clarify that buy and hold is not. What we do, we did a lot of scaling back of Carvana. I, I like to say Carvana because it was such a great run from 2017 to 2020-ish. Well, merely buy and hold, isn't it? Merely we, we, buy, we and buy and hold. We buy and hold, but we will scale back a position that gets overweight. And when it was in the 200s and 300s, I like to say we had a lot of companies that we bought from the proceeds of or from the profits of, of Carvana. 
Um, the fact that it then devolved to a, a fraction of what it was when we originally bought it in 2017 was, besides being absurd, you know, was painful. So would you say overall that it's been, it's a fair question because it's been up, it's been down, it's been up again somewhat. Overall, it was. I would call. I would call it a, a poster child of rebalancing because it worked. Overall, we and by the way, we went back in about six bucks a share and bought more. Well, I think it was earlier this year, late last okay. year. So, um, and yeah. So I mean, and that's not. We don't want to have to be in that situation. I mean, who the heck wants to be in a situation where a company that you buy at seventeen or sixteen, I think it was, and then right up to two hundred six less than six years ago, right up to three hundred something. And then back to six. I mean, that's ridiculous. But that's the world we were living in, in COVID America. COVID world. And the lesson here is not, hey, listen to what we're saying, buy Carvana. Because even as much as we're talking about and we hold it, it's what, 3% of our our portfolio, if that, ideally. So we've got to have a lot of wins and a lot of losses. One stock isn't going to make or break. No, not at all. Not at all. And 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 it's the reason why we own between companies because you never know which ones are going to bite you. We're always going to have somebody that, that, that bites us or we haven't had a lot of failures. We did this year because we, are, we did own Silvergate, which ultimately ended up being killed. It was taken out back and killed. Um, fortunately, we sold it till, went before the actual <laughs> death happened. But, you know, that, that, that's unusual. I, 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 that, might, I, that is the only time I, in 38 years that I can recall that one of our names was, was gone. Uh, well, and Voyager, sorry, all happening within about six months of each other, all related to crypto, but unrelated to crypto. One being taken out by, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but I think the, the authorities took out Silvergate. They want crypto to, taken apart in, in America, which is a whole nother podcast of, and a, re- a reference to insanity. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're always, you're going to have bad experiences. That's why you got to own a reasonable number of companies. You just don't need to emphasis reasonable for us. 30 to 50 names, roughly 40 ish is a kind of where we live. That's why you have those. Cause you never know when somebody's going to lie to you. It'd be really good at lying to you. We take pride in being able to judge management, management, excuse me, but you never know for sure. But I lie to you all the time. So you're not as good. Yeah, but voice. I know when you're doing it. Sure. Yes. Cause it's the Doug Connolly experience. Cause my lips are moving. In the Doug Connolly experience, you get to know when there's things you can rely on and when there's things that just Doug being Doug. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the Matthew Crawley experience when I get hit by a truck. Uh, no, please don't get the Matthew Crawley experience. Okay, so this is about Carvana, but not about Carvana. Let's use it as a case study, though. What do you like about it? And again, the lesson here is your, is your reasoning not go buy Carvana. Well, I said one thing I liked about it was this, that the system worked to an extent. The rebalancing system worked. But what um, do you like about it as a company? Oh. Uh, I think they, are, they, they have reinvented the way that cars are, used cars are sold. You bought through Carvana, right? Multiple times. Multiple, I never have. Um, very good experience. And actually, I would say we had a problem with one of them months and months and months and months after we bought it. And they, without getting into details, they took complete ownership of it and literally took it back and told us, go pick another car that is basically the same thing and ended up giving us some money back because that same car 
wasn't the same value it was when we bought it, but we ended up getting a car that was probably better. No, I mean, the experiences were, experience was really good. You know, it's, a, it, and it's a difficult business. I, I, we've called them the Amazon of used cars. I think that that's, that's pushing it a little bit, but it's a lot about distribution and how they do the refurbishing of the used cars when they come in and they're what they call the reconditioning centers. There's a whole lot of things that Carvana has done that is uh, the first time, uh, first, well, the first with, time anybody's done it. Without getting a And they suit. seem to be doing it r- really well. What they got caught in was the mother of all bizarre used car markets driven by the COVID thing. And just, I mean, we saw this crazy run up where used cars were trading for more than new cars. Um, then it collapsed back down. I mean, it was just, it was, I mean, it's a testament the to their management that they've been, very much so. It's a testament to the management there that they've been able to, to you know, grind through this extraordinarily difficult time in used car sales. And I think they're going to end up coming out. I mean, they're, they're just talking about gross profit per vehicle. That's the highest that they've ever been. The market still has not improved, but their, their decisions to retool. This is why we talk about well-managed companies, well-managed companies in front of fertile fields. The fertile field is that if you add up all of these used car kind of volume used car companies that are out there now, um, they still make up single digit percentages of the entire market for used cars. It's a, it's a huge, huge market. I don't remember what exactly Carvana's at, but let's say it's low single digits. If they can get to high single digits, this is a significantly bigger company than it is today. Now, can they pull that off because it's hard to do and it's going to take a lot more you know, scaling? We'll see. I think so far they've proven that they can. And, that, and to go through a really difficult, this, I wouldn't mean this to become the Carvana call, but to go through the very difficult experience that anybody in the used car world has gone through, combined with the high interest rates hitting them as well. I mean, all of these things just came perfect storm. And it looks like they're going to come out not only, un- I wouldn't say unscathed, because look what's happened to the stock, but they probably will come out way better in the end because others have been taken out, basically. And, and, and for those parts of the market that they're taking market share from, they're taking market share from the odd, independent, you know, used car lot. Um, well, to that point, as I yeah. see it, and I'm not an expert on the industry, but I did buy a new, not a new car, a, another car uh, last few months. When it comes to used cars, you've got four basic options. You've got the, you know, used car lot that is really just a thinly veiled financing vehicle for gouging the, the uninformed, the classic shady used car salesman. You've got the, the dealership where you can buy used, you know, where used cars are kind of an ancillary service that they provide their really new car lots. That's where we got our, our minivan. Or you've got CarMax or you've got Carvana. That is how I see the four, the four big options. And of those options, CarMax seems to be the big, uh, the big competition for Carvana. What does Carvana do better than CarMax? Because both of them are focused on the national distribution, getting the car to you, but wherever it is. CarMax is still a physical And you think that's lot. basically a drain on overhead. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's much more expensive. Much, much much harder to, and they, they were able to weather the storm a little bit more because of their business model, but it's not going to, our belief is it's not going to have the same upside. Now we used to own CarMax and we're not negative on CarMax per se. We don't anymore because we decided to just go full in with the Carvana model, but 
by the way, CarMax is following Carvana. They're doing an omni-channel approach, as are any of the players out there that have any kind of size. They're trying to do what Carvana is doing. And, uh, I, you know, they just haven't been able to do it as well. Does Carvana have, like, distribution centers like Amazon might have? And where, where, Where's the clearinghouse well, these, for they the cars? Well, they have these refurbishing centers that are, and they're, they're popping up all over the country. And that, it's expensive to build those. This is not easy. Getting the car out to the public is, is an expensive proposition. Interestingly, though, and if you've, if you've seen their big, what they call vending machines. And they're, they're based in Phoenix, so we, we're pretty, pretty yep. well aware of how that, what they're, they're doing. But if you see their vending machines, it's interesting because at one point, when we first bought them, they admitted, or their approach with the vending machines, was it's like a giant billboard for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a gimmick, right? I mean, like the- Well, here, get this, though. First quarter, the percentage of sales that were distributed through the vending machine, 40%. Really? Yes, amazing. How many of those are there throughout the valley? I just know the one we see on the way to I don't have the exact number, but there's more and more of them popping up. And now we're finding the company, to the surprise of the company, I think, they're like, hey, this is actually a method, an angle that we can use to reduce our cost and deliver our cars, get people to come to the vending machine. 40% in the first quarter. I don't know if it's going to hold at that level. But the company has clearly determined, hey, guess what? You know, we thought these were just big billboards. We actually can try and drive distribution out of this. And Did so, you buy through the vending machine? No. I had Did, it you get a token. We had right? it delivered. You, you literally go in and it's like, you, you, yeah, you get a little token and the car comes down. And Where do you get the token? Uh, there's somebody manning it. Okay. Yeah, they have staff there. Okay. So the transaction is Although done. Although probably could get away with not having that at some point. The transaction is done there. No, the transaction is done online. You just simply pick it up there. Got you. So the transaction is done online, but someone gives you, you know, verifies yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That you are who you say you are or whatever. So, okay. Interesting model. Um, not easy to do, but they're, they're proving in an extremely difficult, an environment that maybe even should have killed them. It, it looks like they're going to make it. All right. We'll see. We shall see. Fine Arizona business. Mm-hmm. Can your economy be based on real estate and use car sales? Because that's what we're relying on as a state at this point. Real estate and the used, used car sales. I would I push joke, back right? on that. Yeah, you're joking because actually Arizona is becoming more much like uh, formerly Austin. Hopefully it doesn't turn into Austin or some of these other areas are becoming sort of little tech hubs. No, but it's just a, the reason I bring that up is just because it is a city kind of like Dallas in a lot of ways when there's a largely landlocked city, not a natural reason for industry to develop there, but it turned into a pretty big place. I think it's doing a whole lot better job at, at attracting business. We'll see. I mean, a lot of that has been because of the, you know, the pro business backdrop. We'll see if that starts changing given the changing political landscape, but who knows? Yes. So. All right. Well, anything else we we'll talk about before we get out of here? No, good. Well, they've got the normal ways of reaching us long only at taylorforgone.com. And of course, we're on Instagram. That should be ramping up in another week or so. Again, taylorforgone.invest. And go to taylorforgone.com to find out more about uh, how we work as a business, our mutual fund, and things like that. And of course, rate us on iTunes. Please, we appreciate it. Download us. Download us. Tell a friend about us, whatever you want to do. 
long as it gets us more followers, more listens. And if you have any constructive criticism, that's what the email is for. Long only at taylorforgone.com. And yes, I know I talk like Bob Newhart on meth, so there's no need to to point that out. Until next week. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Thanks for joining us on the Long Only Podcast.